Hello, and welcome to the Brothers Grimm Lunch Break. I'm Eric Wagoner. Today, I'll be reading The Maiden Without Hands. Emiller had been falling little by little into poverty, and soon he had nothing left but his mill and a large apple tree behind it. One day, as he was on his way to chop wood in the forest, he met an old man whom he had never seen before. "'There's no reason you have to torture yourself by cutting wood,' the old man said. "'I'll make you rich if you promise to give me what's behind your mill.' "'What else can that be but my apple tree?' thought the miller, and he gave the stranger his promise in writing. "'In three years I'll come and fetch what's mine,' the stranger said with a snide laugh, and he went away. When the miller returned home, his wife went out to meet him and said, "'Tell me, Miller, how did all this wealth suddenly get into our house? "'All at once I've discovered our chests and boxes are full. "'Nobody's brought anything, and I don't know how it's all happened.' "'It's from a stranger I met in the forest,' he said. "'He promised me great wealth if I agreed in writing to give him what's behind our mill. "'We can certainly spare the large apple tree.' "'Oh, husband!' his wife exclaimed in dread. "'That was the devil!' He didn't mean the apple tree, but our daughter, who was behind the mill sweeping out the yard. The miller's daughter was a beautiful and pious maiden who went through the next three years in fear of God and without sin. When the time was up and the day came for the devil to fetch her, she washed herself clean and drew a circle around her with chalk. The devil appeared quite early, but he could not get near her, and he said angrily to the miller, I want you to take all the water away from her so she can't wash herself any more. Otherwise, I'll have no power over her. Since the miller was afraid of the devil, he did as he was told. The next morning, the devil came again, but she wept on her hands and made them completely clean. Once more, he could not get near her and said furiously to the miller, Chop off her hands, otherwise I can't touch her. The miller was horrified and replied, how can I chop off the hands of my own child? But the devil threatened him and said, If you don't do it, you're mine, and I'll come and get you myself. The father was so scared of him that he promised to obey. He went to his daughter and said, My child, if I don't chop off both your hands, the devil will take me away, and in my fear I promised I'd do it. Please help me out of my dilemma and forgive me for the injury I'm causing you. Dear father, she answered, do what you want with me. I'm your child. Then she extended both her hands and let him chop them off. The devil came a third time, but she had wept so long and so much on the stumps that they too were all clean. Then he had to abandon his game and lost all claim to her. Now the miller said to his daughter, I've become so wealthy because of you that I shall see to it that you'll live in splendor for the rest of your life. But she answered, No, I cannot stay here. I'm going away and shall depend on the kindness of people to provide me with whatever I need. Then she had her maimed arms bound to her back, and at dawn she set out on her way and walked the entire day until it became dark. She was right outside a royal garden, and by the glimmer of the moon, she could see trees full of beautiful fruit. She could not enter the garden, though, because it was surrounded by water. Since she had traveled the entire day without eating, 
She was very hungry. Oh, if only I could get in, she thought. I must eat some of the fruit, or else I'll perish. Then she fell to her knees, called out to the Lord, and prayed. Suddenly an angel appeared, who closed one of the locks in the stream, so that the moat became dry, and she could walk through it. Now she went into the garden, accompanied by the angel. She caught sight of a beautiful tree full of pears, but the pears had all been counted. Nonetheless, she approached the tree, and ate one of the pears with her mouth to satisfy her hunger, but only this one. The gardener was watching her, but since the angel was standing there, he was afraid, especially since he thought the maiden was a spirit. He kept still and did not dare to cry out or speak to her. After she had eaten the pear, and her hunger was stilled, she went and hid in the bushes. The next morning the king who owned the garden came and counted the pears. When he saw one was missing, he asked the gardener what had happened to it, for the pear was not lying under the tree and had somehow vanished. "'Last night a spirit appeared,' answered the gardener. "'It had no hands and ate one of the pears with its mouth.' "'How did the spirit get over the water?' asked the king." And where did it go after it ate the pear? Someone wearing a garment as white as snow came down from heaven, closed the lock, and dammed up the water so the spirit could walk through the moat. And since it must have been an angel, I was afraid to ask any questions or to cry out. After the spirit had eaten the pear, it just went away. If it's as you say, said the king, I shall spend the night with you and keep watch. When it became dark, the king went into the garden and brought a priest with him to talk to the spirit. All three sat down beneath a tree and kept watch. At midnight, the maiden came out of the bushes, walked over to the tree, and once again ate one of the pears with her mouth, while the angel in white stood next to her. The priest stepped forward and said to the maiden, Have you come from heaven or from earth? Are you a spirit or a human being? I'm not a spirit, but a poor creature forsaken by everyone except God. You may be forsaken by the whole world, but I shall not forsake you, said the king. He took her with him to his royal palace, and since she was so beautiful and good, he loved her with all his heart, had silver hands made for her, and took her for his wife. After a year had passed, the king had to go to war, and he placed the young queen under the care of his mother and said, if she has a child, I want you to protect her and take good care of her and write me right away. Soon after, the young queen gave birth to a fine-looking boy. The king's mother wrote to him immediately to announce the joyful news. However, on the way, the messenger stopped to rest near a brook, and since he was exhausted from the long journey, he fell asleep. Then the devil appeared. He was still trying to harm the pious queen, so he exchanged the letter for another one that said the queen had given birth to a changeling. When the king read the letter, he was horrified and quite distressed, but he wrote his mother that she should protect the queen and take care of her until his return. The messenger started back with the letter, but he stopped to rest at the same spot and fell asleep. Once again the devil came and put a different letter in his pocket that said they should kill the queen and her child. The old mother was tremendously disturbed when she received the letter, and could not believe it. She wrote the king again, but received the same answer, because the devil kept replacing the messenger's letters with false letters each time. 
The last letter ordered the king's mother to keep the tongue and eyes of the queen as proof that she had done his bidding. But the old woman wept at the thought of shedding such innocent blood. During the night she had a doe fetched and cut out its tongue and eyes and put them away. Then she said to the queen, I can't let you be killed as the king commands. However, you can't stay here any longer. Go out into the wide world with your child and never come back. She tied the child to the queen's back, and the poor woman went off with tears in her eyes. When she came to a great wild forest, she fell down on her knees and prayed to God. The Lord's angel appeared before her and led her to a small cottage with a little sign saying, Free lodging for everyone. A maiden wearing a snow-white garment came out of the cottage and said, Welcome, your highness, and took her inside. She untied the little boy from her back and offered him her breast so he could have something to drink. Then she laid him down in a beautifully made bed. How do you know that I'm a queen? asked the poor woman. I'm an angel sent by God to take care of you and your child, replied the maiden in white. So the queen stayed seven years in the cottage and was well cared for. By the grace of God and through her own piety, her hands that had been chopped off grew back again. When the king finally returned from the wars, the first thing he wanted to do was to see his wife and child. However, his old mother began to weep and said, You wicked man! Why did you write and order me to kill two innocent souls? She showed him the two letters that the devil had forged and resumed talking. I did as you ordered, and she displayed the tongue and eyes. At the sight of them, the king burst into tears and wept bitterly over his poor wife and little son. His old mother was aroused and took pity on him. Console yourself, she said. She's still alive. I secretly had a doe killed and kept its tongue and eyes as proof. Then I took the child and tied him to your wife's back and ordered her to go out into the wide world, and she had to promise me never to return here because you were so angry with her. I shall go as far as the sky is blue without eating or drinking until I find my dear wife and child, the king said. That is, unless they have been killed or have died of hunger in the meantime. The king wandered for about seven years and searched every rocky cliff and cave he came across. When he did not find her, he thought she had perished. During this time he neither ate nor drank, but God kept him alive. Eventually he came to a great forest, where he discovered the little cottage with the sign, Free Lodging for Everyone. Then the maiden in white came out, took him by the hand, and led him inside. Welcome, your majesty, she said, and asked him where he came from. I've been wandering about for almost seven years looking for my wife and child, but I can't find them. The angel offered him food and drink, but he refused and said he only wanted to rest a while. So he lay down to sleep and covered his face with a handkerchief. Then the angel went into the room where the queen was sitting with her son, whom she was accustomed to calling sorrowful, and said, Go into the next room with your child. Your husband has come. So the queen went to the room where he was lying, and the handkerchief fell from his face. Sorrowful, she said, pick up your father's handkerchief and put it over his face again. The child picked up the handkerchief and put it over his face. The king heard all this in his sleep and took pleasure in making the handkerchief drop on the floor again. The boy became impatient and said, 
Dear mother, how can I cover my father's face when I have no father on earth? I've learned to pray to our father that art in heaven, and you told me that my father was in heaven and that he was our good Lord. How am I supposed to recognize this wild man? He's not my father. When the king heard this, he sat up and asked her who she was. I'm your wife, she replied, and this is your son, Sorrowful. When the king saw that she had real hands, he said, My wife has silver hands. Our merciful Lord let my natural hands grow again, she answered. The angel went back into the sitting room, fetched the silver hands, and showed them to him. Now he knew for certain that it was his dear wife and dear son, and he kissed them and was happy. A heavy load has been taken off my mind, he said. After the Lord's angel ate one more meal with them, they went home to be with the king's old mother. There was rejoicing everywhere, and the king and queen had a second wedding and lived happily ever after. The End The Brothers Grimm Lunch Break is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives License. Download it and share it all you'd like, but don't change it or sell it. The translations used are copyright Jack Zipes and are used with permission. His collected translations, The Complete Fairy Tales of the Brothers Grimm, is available on the media of your choice from Bantam Books. The music is Mount Timbrel by Jamie Janover off his All Strings Considered album, available on magnatune.com. If you'd like to listen to any of the other tales, you can find them on our website, www.grimlunch.org, where you can also leave comments or subscribe through iTunes. Thank you for listening. 